Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open the Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is May 20th, and our reading comes from John chapter 11. Here's what it says. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. It's interesting. They didn't say Lazarus. They said your dear friend. It's like they're trying to push Jesus. Come on, come do something about this. Come rescue our brother. And I'm sure they felt desperate. They're probably dependent on their brother for financial security, for physical protection, right? So they're sending word to Jesus, we need your help. Come save our brother. You remember your friend, the one you love. Watch this, verse four. But when Jesus heard about it, he says, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Listen to me, God is always working. In our circumstances, even when we can't see, even when we don't understand, for His glory. Now, sometimes, like in our story, there's a miracle, and the miracle brings God glory. And sometimes in our story, we don't see a miracle, and it's our faithfulness in the midst of our suffering that brings God glory. But in every situation, when we keep our hearts open to God, as we continue to be with Jesus and become like Jesus and do what Jesus did, no matter what's happening in our circumstances, God is working in us and around us and through us for His glory. Verse 5, so although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, He stayed where He was for the next two days. In other words, rather than rushing over to save Lazarus or sending word, just speaking the word, he's well, he's healed, Jesus allows him to die. But this sets up this whole scenario where everybody discovers that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Now, when Jesus goes, and you can read this for yourself and get all these details, I love this. I love the emotion of Jesus. And what I love about that is it says that we don't serve a God who's impersonal, disconnected, unconcerned. We serve a God that is very aware of what we're going through, very concerned. He feels what you feel. I love that. So Jesus shows up and he's angry. And he's not angry at people. He's angry over what sin and death has done and produced in his friend's life, in his family, and all these people. Everybody's hurting and suffering because of sin. And so he's angry. It says that he's troubled. He's perplexed. He doesn't understand. For In his humanity, he's just struggling with the emotion of the moment. And then he weeps. He's brokenhearted 
over the loss of a good friend and over the pain that his sisters are experiencing and the way the community is responding. I just love how all of that really touches the heart of Jesus. And then, of course, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave. He's been dead for four days. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out of the grave. It's an amazing story. And then watch what happens. Verse 45, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. So for all the open-minded, open-hearted people that witnessed Jesus raise a man from the dead at the four days, they immediately realized this isn't just a good teacher. He's not just a good person. He's not just a good friend. He's not even a prophet. This is the Messiah. And they believed in Jesus. They became a part of God's family. But watch, everyone didn't believe. Some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So some saw the miracle and they just weren't sure. And they reported it to the religious leaders. I suspect they're wondering, how will the religious leaders respond? Do they believe? Do they think Jesus is the Messiah? Do they think he's here to save the world? And then watch the leading priests, verse 47, the Pharisees, they called the high council together and they said, what are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. Here's what's strange about that for me. If you know he's performing all these miracles, why are you confused about what to do? If this man's performing all these miracles, if this man can raise the dead, what we should do is put our faith in him, right? We should listen to what he says. We should follow him, but they don't do that. In fact, watch, verse 53 says, from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot to kill Jesus. So the miracle for some, it produced saving faith. For some, it produced questions. And for some, it produced hostility, anger. They're ready to kill Jesus. Now, the reason I point that out is that sometimes I think we find ourselves asking, why doesn't God just do something? You know, why doesn't God just do a miracle? Why doesn't God just prove to everybody? Listen, the truth is there is plenty of evidence for people who have an open mind and an open heart to the truth to see and believe. Listen, Jesus rose from the dead. It is a historical, undeniable fact. He is alive, and we can put our faith and trust in Him. He's the resurrection and the life. But the truth is, a lot of our world doesn't have an open heart and an open mind. They're closed to the truth. They've declared their independence, and it doesn't matter what Jesus does. In fact, if He goes too far, we should kill Him. And I just think it's important for us as followers of Christ in our own circumstances. Let's turn to God in faith. Let's ask him to meet us in every situation we find ourselves in. Let's pray for a miracle and trust God to break in and do what only God can do. But let's recognize that even when the miracle doesn't come, or it doesn't come when we think it should come, or it doesn't come the way we think it should come, 
even in those moments, that we can trust God is at work to bring glory to His name. And He's working in us and through us. Our life belongs to Him. Let's trust Him. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person listening today. There are people listening, and and they're going through some difficult times right now. And like Mary and Martha, they're desperately crying out, Jesus, show up in my circumstances and, and change things. And God, I pray that you would. God, I pray that they would experience the miracle that they've been looking for and praying for and longing for. But God, I'm also grateful that you are in their circumstances producing a miracle in their heart, that you work through our suffering to produce humility and brokenness, surrender, dependence. God, I pray that you would do that. You would draw them closer to you, that you'd heal their heart, that you'd build their faith, that you'd build their character, that you would do a deep work in them, that your kingdom would grow in their hearts. And God, I pray that you would give us faith even when we can't see, even when we don't understand, give us faith to trust you in every circumstance and to make our life available to you. God, for your glory, whatever brings glory to your name, God, that's what we want. All this is temporary. We're trusting you. We're trusting you. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. I hope you have a a great day. Remember, Before I begin my day, God has something to say.